from Relay FM. This is the Pen and Act Podcast, episode number 594. Today's show is brought to you by Wild Grain, Squarespace, and Pen Chalet. My name is Brad Dowdy, and this week I'm joined by Ariel Fragasi, aka Toasty Treat. How are you doing, Ariel? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, so as we, as we uh, spoke about before, and since I've known you for a while, I will be calling you Toasty literally the entire <laughs> show. But I just wanted to get that out there and see how bad I could mispronounce your name because I'm really good at that. So Toasty is much more up my alley. So I hope that's okay. It's a lot easier. Easier to spell, <laughs> easier to say. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> So I think we're going to have a lot of pronunciation uh, uh, opportunities tonight, yes. uh, mostly mostly from you, because... And I apologize ahead of time for, like, <laughs> butchering anything. Like, I, I will try to do it correctly, but... <laughs> yep, all pronunciations are accepted here, so <laughs> you're, you're in a safe space for bad pronunciations, because we're going to talk about your trip to Japan, uh, that you just recently returned from uh, less than two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to kick this off because also, as we spoke about before the show, there's no way I'm going to be able to cover everything to quiz you. Like if I sat, like if you and I like went out to dinner to like talk about this, it would be hours and hours <laughs> and hours worth of conversation. So I think we're going to try to hit some of the main points and then we will definitely have our own diversions because that's how you and I operate. <laughs> um, but I want to start off with why. Why did you make this trip? What was the planning and the idea behind this trip? And when did it all start to come together that, hey, I'm going to Japan. Let me figure this out. So this is actually <clears throat> our uh, third trip to Japan. So okay. we're not... Um, new to it but i feel like every time we've gone um there's always been something like new to discover um and so the first two times we went to japan we went during the cherry blossoms which is Mm -hmm. it's beautiful um i love the spring the cherry blossoms are just like such a unique uniquely japan thing and japan just goes all out for cherry blossoms it's it's incredible um but this time around we wanted to go in fall because we've heard that fall is also just such a beautiful time to visit Japan because of all the fall foliage. And um, I, I I mentioned to you uh, before the podcast, I don't, I live in Houston. Um, Texas does get some fall foliage, but it's not as um, vibrant it's not as extreme as japan and japan is just very unique in the way that they celebrate everything they are so good at celebrating the changing of the seasons and so we just really wanted to experience the that season in japan and get to see all the maple and the ginkgo and like things like that um and so originally when we planned the trip i wanted to go to the tokyo international pen show tips and so there's two events that happen stationary wise in Japan in the fall, like at the end of the year. And one is tips and one is Bungu Joshi, which is this gigantic stationary event. Um, it's honestly just overwhelmingly huge. Like from everyone that I've talked to that has gone to it has said it's just like nothing you've ever been to. So when we kind of sat down and we were looking at um, dates, 
we decided I I decided because my husband was like, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to Japan. I don't care if you're what what we center it around. And mm-hmm. so in we decided that Bunga Joshi is something that is more um unique to Japan than tips. Like tips, it sounds amazing, but we have pen shows. Like as good as even if it's the the best pen show in the world, which I don't know if it is, but we have really good pen shows in the US, whereas we don't have anything like Bunga Joshi here in the US. So the problem was, was when we booked the flights, we didn't know when Bunga Joshi was going to be. And we couldn't wait. Like we kept trying to wait for the announcement, but we were waiting too long to like at some point the flights were just going to get too expensive. Things were going to start selling out and, and stuff like that. So we made a prediction based off of previous Bunga Joshi dates and then we also planned it a little bit around um, our friend Tokyo Station Pens, his wedding, because he said, well, if you come during these dates, that's also during my wedding. And, you know, I would like you to come. You invited us. So we planned it around what we predicted the Bunga Joshi dates would be and the wedding. And then after we booked everything about a month later, um, they announced the Bunga Joshi dates and they were like mid-December. Oh, so wow. <clears throat> we missed tips by two weeks. We were two weeks too late for tips and we were two weeks too early for Bungajoshi. <laughs> but we were right on time for CY's wedding. <laughs> so and that was that was the most important thing, I guess. Exactly. Like, that seems timing, like a pretty big win. <laughs> yeah. Timing was not on our side, unfortunately. Um, and you know, there will there's other opportunities, like there's other stationary. Uh, things to do and and you know it's not like tips is going away or anything like that hopefully fingers crossed um mm-hmm. so you know maybe in the future we'll go back in the fall and try to actually hit one of those but yeah so that was kind of the planning was like fall foliage and trying to hit one of the big stationary events and then also the wedding so just from a general travels perspective, I'm kind of asking this for, for myself, planning <laughs> mm-hmm. an international trip next year. How far in advance did you buy the tickets, given that you, you've done this three times now and you're trying mm-hmm. to like it is not cheap to mm-hmm. fly to Japan or fly international for anyone in, around the world. What was the time frame that you were trying to to pinpoint to book your your travel? Ideally, um, I would I try to aim for about six months ahead of time mm-hmm. um, just because you know, prices and seating and, you know, basically as soon as the flights are available to buy uh, some, some airlines only do six months, I think some, some do further out. Um, so we start trying to kind of look when, once the flights are available, I think this time we waited a little bit longer. I think we booked in August or September. No, not, not, not quite that late. Um, maybe around August. Um, and so the flight, the prices actually did go up a little bit. Um, and so we mm-hmm. were like, okay, they're, they're starting to climb. We need to like lock this in um, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to uh, justify the cost of the tickets because they were starting to get pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So when you figured out you were kind of in the middle between like the two main uh, mm-hmm. stationary events, even though you still had uh, the wedding to go to, did you start trying to put together a plan to 
where what you're going to target, like different areas of the country, different stationary stores. It's like once you didn't have that one singular or really, I guess, a second one, not counting counting the wedding. Yeah. Um, kind, once you had kind of had that game plan and you weren't going to get to go to Bunga Joshi, um, that event, did you start trying to lay out like how you were going to approach the rest of your trip? So I had already um, kind of planned because I got already I booked hotels as well, um, just to mm-hmm. make sure that's that's because stuff was already selling out for hotels as well, just because uh, fall is a big tourist season for Japan, especially in like Kyoto and Tokyo and, and and some of the bigger cities. So I wanted to make sure we had like an affordable hotel that had the amenities that we wanted and things like that. So I had already actually planned out my entire trip because I had the the wedding dates. And so I had planned Mm -hmm. out where we were going to go. So we spent, uh, and and I had booked it so that we at least had one or two weekend days in Tokyo during the entire two, a little over two weeks we were there because Bungo Joshi, we we were hoping to catch Bungo Joshi on one of those um, days. And so we did the first nine days in Tokyo. And then the day after the wedding, we went, to um, Kyoto and then Osaka and then Kurashiki and then back to Tokyo. Um, and so it was a little bit of a short venture out um, to the other side of Japan because we, again, wanted to get back to Tokyo before the weekend just in case. Um, and that was the original plan. And that was how I booked the hotels. And I was just kind of like, I don't feel like changing them. <laughs> so, um, and we already kind of knew that there were going to be a lot of things happening in Tokyo kind of around the wedding because I wasn't the only person that was um, going on this trip. Uh, We had a group of friends here from the U.S. that were planning to go to Japan to go to Bunga Joshi. So we all kind of booked similar travel dates. Um, You know, we had like a little Discord server and we were chatting about it and, and sharing our travel dates and stuff. And so not only did we have possible Bunga Joshi, which then didn't happen, but we were already planning specific like stationary days where we hung out together and we would go stationary shopping together. So um, those solidified a little bit more. And because we didn't have Bunga Joshi, then we were able to add in like a little bit more stationary time and a few other things. So. Yeah, and boy, did you add in the stationary time, and we're—that's <laughs> definitely what we're going to focus on today. Although I have some, I have some sneaky questions in there, oh. uh, in, in there for you as well. But uh, it looked like an amazing trip, so I want to get started on the stationary. Mm-hmm. So before we do that, let me uh, let me talk about one of our first sponsors here of this episode, and that's Wild Grain. So this episode of the Panatic is brought to you by Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. So I have had the Wild Grain box before, um, and it's, it is really, really cool how they package in the different types of bread, the different types of sourdough, the different types of sourdough there is like um you know like the the big large baguettes there's like smaller rounds that you can cook for you know smaller meals there's different pastas they include in there and there's even pastries that they that, that they send uh with their package so the baking process for the bread is super simple it's literally heat the oven up 25 minutes put the put the loaf right from the freezer onto the grates in the in the oven 25 minutes later 
you bring it out, you let it cool for about another 20 minutes, and it is literally just perfectly baked. Every time, every time that I've used um, one of their products, it has been perfect. So now you can fully customize your wild grain boxes so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a, ball, a box of all bread, all pasta, or all pastries, you can have it. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free for croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash panatic to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain, that's W-I-L-D-G-R-A-I-N dot com slash panaddict. That's wildgrain.com slash panaddict or you can use the promo code panaddict in checkout. Our thanks to Wildgrain for their support of this show and Relay FM. Um, related to Wildgrain, there is a lot of food content <laughs> that we're going to cover. Um <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have notes. We're going to be, uh, if, if y'all are hungry um, <laughs> while you're listening to this and you haven't had, you know, lunch or dinner or whenever you're, whatever time of day listening to pol- this podcast, I apologize in advance because it, it's going to happen because I have questions. So, <laughs> all right. So one of the things I told you I did is I went through your Instagram stories. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In preparation for the show, I did my work. Um, it took me probably an hour. I think you said there was about 1,100 photos or a little more in there. And I, you know, started right in the beginning, you know, from L.A. to uh, Japan was the first story, which, like, the, the L.A. stuff looked amazing. And, like, yeah, that's, that's, a, really that's, a, that's a whole segment I'm going to completely <laughs> skip, skip. But if you're a, a Pokemon fan, I'll have a link in the show notes to Toasty's uh, Instagram. You can you can start there, and, and you should, because it was kind of amazing. You land... In, in Tokyo, and there's a traveler's uh, <laughs> there's a traveler's a traveler's notebook shop in the airport, and you're like, yes, it's not closed yet. Yeah, so I was actually having a lot of anxiety about that um, because I wanted to hit up that traveler's. So in Narita Airport, um, so there's two airports you can fly into, and we flew into Narita, and Narita has the uh, Traveler's Factory Airport store and they close mm-hmm. at five like okay you're in an airport like people fly out at midnight and you're closing this store at five and mm-hmm. so our flight was scheduled to land at like 4 30 mm-hmm. and so i was and you know you've got to go through immigration and customs and get your bags and all that and so when we got on the flight they actually the time they told us that we were going to land was actually like an hour earlier so mm. I was excited. I was like, oh, we're going to go to the Traveler's Factory. <laughs> and my husband, I dragged him along to so much stationary stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And he's pretty good sport about it. But like, you know, we get our bags, we're exhausted. And I'm like, we got to find the Traveler's Factory. And I've, found, I've been there before. Um, mm. And so I kind of had an idea of where it was. But I got there 10 minutes before they closed. And I like, bought a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I stamped my traveler's notebook. Cause that's what you do when you're at the traveler's factory. Mm-hmm. You have to stamp. And, um, I had, I was like, you know, showing my traveler's notebook to the employees. Cause mine has like, it's, it's actually from that store. It's the gotcha. limited edition that you buy at that store. And I bought that when we went in 2019. So I was like, look, it's back. And so, you know, they, they're, they're super sweet and super nice. Um, and they're not going to like 
kick you out necessarily, but like I was trying not to overstay my welcome. But you're, so, you're, that was your proof that you're one of them and yeah. can I stay five minutes late? Yeah. yeah. So it's like as soon as I walked, you know, as soon as I landed in Japan, like as like right when we got our bags and were out the gate. I spent like a hundred dollars, <laughs> like right away. And, and and like I said, my husband's used to this because we did. It's mm-hmm. kind of a ritual at this point. Like, um, but yeah, they they get you right there, like right away. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's pro tip number one: if you're flying into Narita, make yes. sure you land before five o'clock local yes. <laughs> to get to the Travelers Factory Haneda Airport. Airport. So Haneda Airport is closer and it's actually kind of like the the more ideal airport to fly into just because it's closer, but it doesn't have a traveler's factory. So like gotcha. <laughs> wow. So that was decision flying into the airport with no, the traveler's store. It just store. worked out. It just worked out. <laughs> Haneda's great too. It- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how how long was this leg of the flight getting into um getting into Japan? It was like 12 hours. Okay. Um so, so we yeah, we lay we did an overnight layover in LA, um, mostly because I was like having a little bit of anxiety about missing the connection. Um, sure. And so I was like, "Hey, why don't we do an overnight layover, and then we can like meet up with some friends?" And oh, there's this cool Pokemon exhibit. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was like three hours to LA, overnight layover, and then like a twelve hour flight to Gotcha Narita. Gotcha. So one thing you mentioned, I actually made a note to to talk about this, and this will come up uh, throughout like your your images and pictures if everyone goes and checks everything out. So tell me about like the the stamping kind of culture that a lot of like travelers does, you know, with each location having a stamp. Like what's what's the the idea behind what they what they offer there? So like there's stamps everywhere in Japan. Like mm-hmm. almost almost every train station has a stamp um especially the jr owned train stations they have they're sometimes they're hard to find um and i did not find all of them because sometimes you know you're in a hurry or your feet hurt and you don't want to like walk all over this massive train station to find a stamp and sometimes they you, you can ask um but they don't always like know so i picked up stamps when and where i could but yeah it's just um there's so many places that you go and like stationary stores, almost every stationary has a store has their own custom stamp. Um, one of our friends was staying in a hotel that had their own custom stamp that you could stamp. Um, and you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know like the cultural reasons behind it, but Mm-hmm. Like even um, so there's a thing and I bought one while I was there. I bought a custom one, but it's um, a name stamp. And so over there, like you, everyone that lives, you know, is like a citizen, I guess. Um, they have these stamps and they're called Honko. And when you sign like official documents and paperwork, you actually stamp it. And it's like registered to you and things like that. And so like, I just feel like, it's and people collect the stamps and um it's just they love stamps <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like part of the culture i guess like i, I i'm not gonna pretend to know why <laughs> yeah. but, it's, but so i love it <laughs> it's it's funny that the expectation is so all the all these places have stamps and you can mm-hmm. you can you can you know stamp your notebook 
it's not the expectation that they have the stamp, but that these locations are almost assuming people are going to have something to stamp, like mm-hmm. a notebook or a yeah. card or a postcard, which I think is super interesting if you really think about it is you know you're not like travelers okay that's that's easy if you go to the travelers factory store it's like yeah mm-hmm. i've got my notebook i'm gonna stamp or it you can buy an insert it. or something yeah, yeah yeah you're gonna have that opportunity but to have like say the railway or the hotels or all these different places and to have that opportunity to use the stamps you know to more less stationary friendly people that just shows you how big the stationary culture is or just that kind of analog keeping that analog culture alive over there which i think is such a cool thing about japan yeah and like some of them we went to they actually had like little paper slips um some of them Mm -hmm. like one of the train stations even had the name of the train station on it and then you could stamp that paper slip um which was great when i got behind in my traveler's notebook because i i prefer to stamp my traveler's notebook as i go but i got very behind and so i was stamping paper and sticker paper and things like that um to to add in later um but yeah like even like the airports have stamps uh there's different shops that have them um and it's really easy to miss them too like sometimes they're tucked away or just kind of out of the way because obviously if people are stamping you don't want them to be in the way um but if you look for them you'll start to notice them like everywhere it's it's really fascinating I would be all about that for yeah, sure. It's really, it's it's a free souvenir too, you know, like to document your travels. So it's it's really cool. Sometimes the stamp pads aren't super juicy. Um, <laughs> you should probably really carry your own stamp pad. Like if you really want to get into uh, like stamping all around okay. Japan, I would recommend like just keeping like a little ink pad in your backpack or whatever. Um because some of them you get and they're they're a little dry, they're a little thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So given given my research earlier today, I the one thing we can't do because we will be here all night <laughs> is talk about every store you went to. But mm-hmm. I have a couple I have a couple I do want some specific some some shops that maybe we've referenced uh, on the podcast before or mm-hmm. people who are into this stuff know uh, have at least maybe heard in passing. So I have to get your perspective on Atoya um, mm. being kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the mothership. It's how many stories tall worth of worth oh, of stationery? It's, it's like, what, 10, like 12 stories? 10? I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one of the stories is like a garden, I think. And like one is <laughs> yeah. a cafe or something. So like, mm-hmm. if I, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big store. And um, our hotel was a four minute walk from Toya. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very dangerous <laughs> store. <laughs> um, and so like while we were in, while we were there, so basically on November 1st, Christmas starts in Japan. Um, okay. Everything is Christmas. It's like Christmas just threw up all over Japan. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just Christmas, Christmas. Like it's, you can't escape it. Like even, they're even playing Christmas music. Like it's so weird like to walk into these stores and everyone's speaking Japanese, but they're playing like rocking around the Christmas tree or whatever. Like gotcha. it's just bizarre. Um, uh, but anyway, so like a lot of the stationery that we were seeing was very Christmas themed. Um, and even in Itoya, like like the first floor was all like Christmas cards and like really cool Christmas cards. Like they everything is over the top. They they do everything so well over there. 
Um, but yeah, so um, each floor of Itoya is kind of like a different theme. Um, mm-hmm. so like one floor is like, I think like paper, I, I don't quote me on this cause I don't know it mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but like one <laughs> is like art supplies and one is like more like home goods and one is fountain pens and one is like general station. Like, like each, each floor has like a different theme. Um, and then you just go up, up the, you, you just keep going up and your basket <laughs> just keeps getting more and more full. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that's dangerous about Itoya, um, is that they, so one of the things they did, I think in between the last time that we visited Japan and then this time is they lowered the threshold for tax free. So it used to be 10,000 yen, which was roughly the equivalent of like 90 to a hundred dollars, um, back when I went in 2019. Um, but the yen is so much weaker now. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and, and they've also lowered that free, uh, that tax free uh, threshold. So now it's 5,000 yen, which is like, at the time of recording, this is about $33. And then, so, because basically everything, so it's already cheaper because you're not paying like for them to ship it overseas. And Mm -hmm. then it's like 30% off. Um, and then tax free it's another 10%. So it's like, it's like everything is 40% mm. off. Yeah, this all sounds like trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so like one of the things I did because Itoya was doing that, did the tax free and they made it very easy because they just scan the QR code on your passport that you get when you come through um, immigration or whatever. And, um, and then it, everything just rings up as tax free. So I bought some oh, wow. watercolor that I uh that a brand that I really love I think it's pronounced Holbein um mm-hmm. that's how I pronounce it at least and I did the math and so all of the tubes of watercolor that I bought cost me $70 I bought a lot of tubes of watercolor yeah, I did I saw the, the math picture. yeah <laughs> I did the math <laughs> on those tubes of watercolor and with the american prices like if I were to go on any art supply store here in the US like it's all kind of about the same $300 Wow. Yeah. That's how much it would have cost me before tax and shipping and all that. <laughs> Did you just ex- explain to Brandon that like all this shopping is just, it's really just the flight was free by the time we, oh, all the we, savings I was we doing hardcore girl math, like like not girl math, stationary <laughs> math. Like, yep. exactly. like it's like, look, I am losing money by not buying <laughs> eight, 80 pounds of watercolor, you know? <laughs> like, like we're losing money here if I don't buy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Itoya is great um, because they do the tax free. They make it very easy. Um, I bought a lot of system techo stuff there, like plotter mm-hmm. inserts, and um, I bought a, a plotter. So I bought an Ashford punch that was like seventy dollars. Okay. It's just like a punch for a Bible size, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the it just makes it's. I just I have one for the mini five, and it's just so. It's just. It punches the hole so good. Like, I don't know. My husband was just like, you just spent $70 <laughs> on a whole punch. And I'm like, just like, don't. I'm like covering up the numbers. Like as he's ringing things, I'm like, just don't look. Don't look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what day, what day was this? Was this day one? That was or, the like, first the second full day. round. <laughs> it was yeah. the first full day. <laughs> like, so the, the watercolors were the second visit, but like the whole punch and all, mm. like the most damage I did at Itoya was, was literally... We hadn't even been in Japan for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
that's totally like I'm just I'm nodding my head like yeah like that's exactly how it should go like that's exactly how I would handle this it's like there's no being patient there's no waiting like you've waited long enough for this trip and you know it's just gonna be cool was there anything so you are one of the the most dialed in people especially like to the Japanese stationary market like even I come to you with questions about (laughs) stuff um, was there anything in Atoya that surprised you either just from like, I don't know, the the setup or the products that they carried or something you hadn't seen before that you're like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. Is like, does that happen to you over there? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I, I can't think of anything like specifically. So the thing, the thing mm-hmm. is, is like, it, even, even having been to Japan before, it, it's overwhelming. It is so overwhelming when you walk into these stores because there is so much product on display and you really can't, it's not like you're sitting at home in your underwear on jet pens and you're scrolling through and, and like, you know, looking through everything or looking at cute things for Japan online. It's like completely different when you're there in person. Um, And I feel like you get a little bit of like, at least for me, a little bit of blinders on. And so you start to like zero in on the things that you recognize because otherwise your brain just can't really process everything that it's seeing. It's just sensory overload. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. And so like, sometimes it was nice having my husband there because he didn't really know what he was looking at. And so he would pick up a thing and be like, Oh, this looks cool. And it was something I had never seen before. And so sometimes it's nice to kind of have that his perspective a little bit like when I'm shopping <laughs> because it's just like I feel like you're you're standing in a store there's a whole bunch of people they're playing all this Christmas music you're you're overloaded like your senses are just overloaded and your feet hurt and you're holding this basket full of station it just it everything gets so overwhelming whereas it's not like oh I I'm going to open a bunch of tabs and then slowly you know, at home and slowly sift through everything and add to cart. And then, no, you're just throwing stuff in your basket. And you're like, if I, if I bought doubles, oh, well, like you're just, (laughs) you're just buying and you're moving on because you've got, you know, three other stationary stores to go through that day. And you just have to make decisions and, you know, cry about it later, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, like I'm just throwing stuff in my basket and be like, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. Because everything was so cheap. And so yeah. I was just buying everything. But yeah, I mean, there were there were some things that I had never seen before. Um, I can't recall any of them. Everything has blurred together, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, well, I saw to, one thing oh, in your Instagram. You <laughs> I, I didn't know that the the Disney 100 inks oh, yeah. were a thing. Yeah. So I saw I'd seen the pins that they had on display mm-hmm. and, and the things like that. But I didn't know there was like a set of, uh, I guess, 100 inks. Right. So they only had like 12. I don't know if they're okay. going to make more. Um, I okay. didn't count them, but I think it was roughly around 12. I don't know gotcha. if there will be 100 inks. Like, I don't know exactly what the concept for the Disney mm-hmm. 100 is. I just saw it and I was like, oh, Disney went like I've, I had seen hey. people talking about it. And so, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, oh, I, that's something because they're they're an Itoya collab. So okay. like it says on there, like Disney uh ex Itoya. So I was like, okay, like I was looking for things that are like exclusive, things I can't buy here. Or if I were to buy them here in the US, they would be like really expensive and they're like way cheaper um in Japan, like the watercolors and things like that. So especially when I was shopping for inks, I was looking for stuff that like I had never seen before would be 
almost impossible to get back here, you know, things like that. Yeah, so that goes to like the bigger planning question I had. Were you shopping for specific things or were you looking for specific stores that you really wanted to see, you'll know you'll vibe with and just see what you can come up with when you get to these places that you definitely don't want to miss? So I made a list of like things that I wanted. Like I kind of had like a wish mm-hmm. list of like certain things that I wanted to buy. And it was... You know, a couple of the items on there were a little more like outlandish. Like I was like, I don't think I'm really going to buy this, but who knows? You know, maybe Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. moment. Um, And so, yes, we did have a store list of uh, places that, you know, we plan to visit, especially for like our stationary days and things like that. And then I also had sort of like a uh, some of the things were like vague, just kind of reminders. Like I had my plotter with me. I I brought a... um, uh, Bible size plotter with me, and I made that kind of my like Japan trip plotter. So it had like okay. my itinerary, and it had lists and information. And then I got the little fastener case that that has like the zippers. And it for the plotter, um, we've discovered that it's the perfect size to hold your passport. So nice. I was able to like carry everything I like all the important stuff with me in that plotter. And then I also use the extra paper like for stamping and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I had a list in my plotter of like the things that I wanted. And I checked off a good portion of the list. Like I said, there were some things, some things I just didn't find. Um, and then there were some things that I just kind of like ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> like, I wanted to buy this, like, and this is like one of those kind of like um, outlandish things, but they have like the, they have these backpacks that like kids in Japan wear. They're like, you could buy these really nice ones and they're like leather, but they're like $400. And I really oh, wanted yeah. one, but they're like very, they have a very specific style. And, and my husband was just kind of like, no, <laughs> like, you're not going <laughs> to use that. <laughs> like, but yeah, we had, we had a list of shops. Um, and we kind of had plans to go like as a group. And then I also went to these shops on my own too. So, or with my husband, just so that I could like have a little bit of time to not be, not feel rushed and not feel like, oh, someone's waiting on me. I need to hurry up and things like that. So, right, right. So I did see the picture of you. I forget who else was in the image, but you were sharing your plotter itineraries like the yeah. fold out pages. <laughs> that was me and April, Pigments Creative, okay. and Oh Hi Joy. And we gotcha. all had our itineraries. <laughs> that was a great picture. Um, like all these little layouts, they were all color coded. Yeah, little spreadsheets. It was fantastic. Like I, yeah. I got a kick out of that. That that image made my notes here. So I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny because like I don't think we, I don't think we really talked about any of us doing that. We just all kind of did. Like mm. <laughs> it's just the That's perfect like roll. travel notebook to like contain all that stuff because it's so like thin. And not trying to make this into a plotter ad, but like oh sure, <laughs> it was. It's just a people thin get and light. on me already. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I bought another plotter. I don't think I, I don't know if I posted a picture of it in my stories. There was a square one. Yes. Yes. Okay. I bought a, that was sick. Mini five square. Um, yeah. I've never from, seen that before. Yeah. So it's like a lottery item that you have to, oh, it's okay. an online only lottery thing. And our friend, mm. uh, Quay, who's, um, Mir- Mirai cat on okay. Instagram. Um, 
she had she had entered the lottery and got lucky twice because she was trying to get a specific color and she got mm-hmm. the same color twice. And so ah. um, she was like, I actually, because I told her I wanted one. And she was like, oh, I actually have one if you want to buy it from me. So I got really lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's honestly, it's like the perfect size. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I've, uh, one of my local friends shared with me, that's the perfect size to punch for memo notes. Okay. Like it fits memo notes perfectly. Anyway, that's a tangent, but it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was actually on my list of things I wanted to buy was a square plotter. So I was very happy. Nice, nice. Well, that concludes our unofficial plotter ad segment. <laughs> no, we're going to so, talk about it more. <laughs> I know. Trust me. Let me get to one another one of our official ad, seg- ad segments, <laughs> and that's from our friends over at Squarespace. So this episode of The Panatic is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, services, and even the content you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. So they have a great online store that I use at penetic.com slash shop where I put in the physical goods that I sell. They also allow you to sell digital products, which is pretty cool. Like if you're, you know, creating uh, ebooks or files or anything that you want to sell digitally uh, goods, that's a great platform for you uh, to use over at Squarespace. They have all the tools that you need to start selling online. And you can uh, set up email campaigns through um, through Squarespace as well. You can encourage visitors to sign up as email subscribers, start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. Just start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo. Plus, built-in analytics measure the impact of every send. And you can take advantage of professionally designed website templates. Squarespace has designs for every category and use case. Plus, you can customize your look, update your content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so your idea, brand, or business stands out on every device. They are really good at converting things over to mobile sites. They've been doing they've been on top of that for years, way ahead of the game on that, and they work flawlessly with uh, any mobile site that you need. So check out squarespace.com slash for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to penaddict, uh, squarespace.com slash penaddict and use the code penaddict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict and code penaddict when you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the penaddict. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I'm going to take a slight diversion here and I want you to talk about Mount Fuji real quick. So oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you had gone to see on your previous trips? Actually, no. Um, okay. Yeah, this was the first time we really... So, well, I take it back. So we we tried. We <laughs> Last mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. in 2019, uh, we went to this town called Hakone, um, which is supposed to be like, give you like really good... Uh, views of Fujisan and it was like really hazy and mm. it was really like you you couldn't really see the mountain at all like even though it was like right there like you couldn't see it Um, so that was like a little disappointing and we've seen it like from the train and stuff like that but it's it's not the same like so we we took a a day and we went out to uh Lake Kawaguchi or Kawaguchi Ko, 
And um, they were doing kind of like a fall festival and they have like really nice fall foliage out there. Um, And yeah, it was really beautiful. Um, It was crowded. And Mm -hmm. we ended up, we bought like a bus pass and then we were barely able to ride the bus because the buses were so crowded. So we had to like walk almost everywhere. And so we walked so much that day. We walked, I think it was... 24,000 steps that day. Um, And that was the day that even though I had really nice walking shoes on, it was day two. Like it was our second full day. That was the day that I got huge blisters on my feet. And those blisters stayed with me the entire trip (laughs) because I did not stop. Like I didn't, (laughs) I wasn't going to stop just because I had blisters on my feet. Like I got some band-aids and I kept going. it was it was painful, but that you know, uh, you, sacrifices yeah. have to be made. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say like enjoy is not the right word, but the, <laughs> the repeated the repeated uh images of the stairs going up. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was feeling your pain there. I was feeling your pain for that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. They love that, stairs. We're, we're hurting at this point. Just love stairs. And like, so like when you leave, so when you go out of a uh, I mean, you get off the train, and uh, this is a tangent, um, not station related at all. <laughs> but when you get off a train, so Google Maps is your friend in Japan, mm-hmm. except Google Maps does not tell you, it doesn't, it tells you the best exit to leave a train station. Because a lot of train stations have like multiple exits that'll take you out at like different parts of the, like on this side of the street or over here that'll get you closer to where you need to go. But Google Maps, mm-hmm. there's no toggle for like, hey, pick the exit that has an escalator (laughs) because not all the exits have escalators. And sometimes you forget like how far down you are and then you get to the stairs and then you just look up and all you see is stairs and you don't see like the sky or feel like that cool breeze. And you're just like, (laughs) 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 um, it's, I mean, it's fine. Like, you know, you, you do all those stairs and then you can just eat whatever you want because like, you're like, I just burned so many calories, like walking everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and and food is definitely on our list to talk about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) one of the, uh, one of the Mount Fuji diversions that I had was that was the first image I got to see of the manhole covers, which I am a huge fan (laughs) of seeing the manhole covers all throughout Japan, different, Different areas will actually paint and mark these things. And um, we found the Pokemon just, ones. I like saw some that. Of them. That was really, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was that was really <laughs> cool. All right, so let me uh, let me dive back into some stationery. Um, tell me about Ancora. I am assuming was this would have this been your first time to to go yes. to that shop, or had you been there before? Because it this was is new, the first newish. Yes, right? and I will say that overall, I was a little disappointed. In Ancora. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And just hang on one second, oh, just to ahead. let people know that Ancora is like sailors, like, yeah. would you call it like their boutique store for like sailor directly? Sailor plus, like, yeah, it's kind of like a little boutique. It's in Ginza. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a really cute store. Like the store itself mm-hmm. is very cute, but they didn't at the, so the thing with Ancora is like, they do these like limited releases, right? Like, like they'll release a new product and they just drop it randomly. They're like, Oh, here's a new pen or here's a new ink. But 
if you're kind of in between those product drops, that they don't really have a lot. Like they have this like build your own sketchbook thing, but they were out of stock of like because I was thinking about doing it. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. but they were out of stock like out of a lot of the components, and then they have the thing where you can like build your own sailor compass like they did at the dc pen show like it's very similar it's like the pick apart and you could put it together but i wasn't like happy with like a lot of the colors and then they didn't have any of the like limited edition converters and they had like one limited edition pen that i wasn't super excited about um and so they do this thing at ancora though that's really cool um and unfortunately i missed it like because of timing. Timing was my enemy here. But so they have two inks that they sell uh, that you can only buy in during certain conditions. And one of them is their rainy day ink. So you can only buy it on a rainy day. No and way. So, yeah. So if it rains that day, then they'll put the ink out for sale, like for the rest of the day. Um, and so I, the day we landed in Japan, it rained. But it was too late for me to get it. And then the day we left Tokyo to go to Kyoto at like eight o'clock in the morning before they opened, it rained. (laughs) And so like I couldn't get it. So luckily I still had friends in the area, so they were able to pick it up for me. Um, But then they have another ink that they only sell when it's a full moon. And so it's it's they only sell for three days every full moon and it's like like the like the three days of the full moon or whatever like when it said it's fullest or whatever um and so like i was able to get that one because of a friend because the full moon was when we went to osaka <laughs> and so like the timing was just off but luckily you know like that's the great thing about having you know friends um you know there in japan is yeah. like they could just pop over and get it for you and then another ink that i bought from Ancora was they had this like sweet potato ink that um so they didn't have it the first time I went and they didn't have it the second time I went and then the the very next day they posted on their Instagram oh yeah we have this ink for sale like we made a little batch cuz they like I think they make it there and so wow. then I had to like rush back over to get this ink so it's like it, the timing with Ancora is very strange that is odd. <laughs> but I like I like the little niche niche specialty stuff like yeah. the, okay, rainy day ink. Like I get that. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. But I could imagine when it's like literally everything in the shop is tied to something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it all weird. Frustrating. Like like it's 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 a very cute shop. And I definitely think yeah. it's like worth visiting. Um, but maybe try to time it <laughs> to where they have a release or something. Cause otherwise it's it's a little bare. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's really cute. And, and I did actually, uh, I had a friend pick up a, uh, pen from them, uh, for me ahead of time. Like they make beautiful pens. Um, yeah. so I actually did come home with an Encora pen, but again, timing, if I would have waited till I got there, the pen would have been sold out. So gotcha. yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. All <laughs> right. I want to hit up, I want to hit up the stamp carving workshop you did okay. at cute things from Japan, uh, with Eric small things and you, and looks like the entire group that you went with, this was one of the special events that you planned. So can you talk about that and maybe just, you know, what other kind of group activities y'all did from a stationary perspective? Yeah. So, um, so when we were at the San Francisco pen show, um, Eric small things, she came over and with cute things from Japan 
and she did a stamp carving workshop at the San Francisco Pen Show. Um, mm-hmm. And we were, I was working with um, Plotter Designville. Um, and so I couldn't like participate in the workshop and several of the rest of us who were like really excited about this workshop and kind of like helped, uh, kind of helped like make it happen in one way or another. Um, couldn't really participate because we were um, working. So mm-hmm. when we were talking to the owner of cute things of Japan um, at the San Francisco pen show, and she found out we were coming to Japan all kind of at the same time, this plan was kind of like hatched to like do a workshop while we were in Japan, sort of as kind of like a thank you for our help and things like that. Um, and so we picked a day and then we all went out to the cute things from Japan store, which we were going to do anyway, because I think everyone in that group has like probably placed multiple orders from cute things (laughs) from Japan. Um, so like, it's, it's kind of like a little pilgrimage to go there. Um, And so we planned, it was on a day that they're normally closed. And so we got the store to ourselves to shop. And then we did this uh, stamp carving workshop with Eric. And so it was a little bit different from the San Francisco pen shows workshop because the, the one that they did at the pen show was a demonstration. Uh, But the one that we did at Q things for Japan, we actually purchased like part of the fee was, um, to cover the cost of the stamp carving kit. So mm-hmm. we got like a whole stamp carving kit that's very similar to what Eric uses for her stamp carvings. And then she took a request of like, what would you like to carve? And so she pre-prepared that for us. So several of us did the melon soda um, because that's like a very Japan thing that we love. That's on my list. Yeah. That is written right here. <laughs> We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah. And so... um and so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and um uh it was it was just really interesting to to get to do that in Japan. It was such a fun activity to do with Eric because um Eric was actually preparing for this exhibition that she was doing which opened the day before we left so we were actually able to go to it and she had like these stamps uh on exhibit and then you could like buy s- some of her stamps and things like that but she had some of her hand carved stamps on exhibit. And I posted some pictures uh, in my Instagram stories, but the detail and like, just like you can really see like how much of like a master of her craft she is. So to have her there, like watching us fumble around and like (laughs) cut these like really crude, like stamps and she's over here like, Oh, it's so good. And she's like praising us. Like, it's just, she's so nice. (laughs) Like we're like we know it's not good, but thank you. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was it was a really a really fun experience. Um, and then so then after cute things for Japan, we went to um, we we had like a whole like little stationary day planned. Um, so we went to um, the Travelers Factory in uh, Nakameguro, which is like I don't know if it's necessarily like the flagship one, but it's it's a big, like, it's, like, two stories, and the, the top story has, like, a little cafe where you can, like, not cafe, but, like, a little lounge, I guess, where you can, like, kind of hang out and uh, get a soda, and then I think we, where else did we go? We went to, where else did we go that day? Loft, maybe? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we did some I saw shopping. those pictures. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I went to Loft, I think, like, 
half a dozen times <laughs> because it was also very close to my hotel because uh, we were staying in Ginza. So I was very close to like a lot of these things, um, which just made it more dangerous. So I don't know if that traveler's notebook or that traveler's factory visit was when I, from the image, I wrote down this quote. So this was on one of your images and one of the stories I didn't write down which day it was. Then we met the creator of Traveler's Notebook. Mm. Like just you like it was like food picture, food picture, <laughs> melon cream soda. Then we met the creator of Traveler's Notebook, you know, meat on a meat on a stick, you know, sushi, whatever. Was, you, know, like, you just throw that through that in there randomly, like no big like hashtag NBD or whatever. It was like <laughs> so that was that was on a day that um I got the privilege to have lunch with um the with some members of Designville. So uh, Takayuki, who is the creator of Plotter um, and another, because um, April Penguins Creative works for Designville. And so yes. I had helped out at pen shows and stuff and worked with them. And so when Takayuki found out that I was coming to Japan at the same time as April, he was kind of like, hey, we should have lunch together. And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if it happens, it happens. And luckily we were able to make it happen. Um, And so then after lunch, April, because April, um, and she'll talk about this in the Stationery Cafe podcast probably, but April's Mm -hmm. entire itinerary was food-based. So (laughs) she, she literally like planned her, everything was planned around food. So like she, she was the real like, food MVP. Like if I needed a recommendation, you know, like I would just ask her. Um, but so when I was with her, she was like, there's this really good ice cream place right down the street. Um, I want to go. So we said goodbye to Takayuki and, um, and, and you know, they went on their way and, um, we were eating or getting our ice cream and April, like there's like a tapping on the window and April looks up and she gets really excited. And I don't know who this person is. Um, and she was like, Oh, like this is the creator of the traveler's book. And like, so we were, so he, so he, I think he had been like walking down the same path. Cause they're all, they all kind of work in this, like the same area. And so I think Takayuki had said like, Hey, you know, April's down there. If you want to say hi, because I think she was, she was like, you know, he's super busy, so I'm not going to get to right. see him on this trip. So I was like, oh, let's take a picture. You know, so it was, um, it was kind of like just like one of those serendipitous moments, which actually happened a few times on this trip. Like, because we had so many friends like out and about, and we would be like, I was at um uh, one of the loft locations, and I'm going down the escalator, and my husband's like. I hear your friend back there. And I look back and our friend, uh, Judy Tokubetsu memory is like mm-hmm. up behind us on the escalator. <laughs> like, and, like we did not plan that. Um, but like, we just happened to be in the same place at the same time. And then like when, when I was leaving Kurashiki, uh, April was coming into Kurashiki and we crossed paths like at the train station. Um, and then like, I found another friend at, when we were in Kurashiki at the the Superior Labor store, like we were there at the same time. And my husband, like he was doing these like little recaps on Facebook. And one of his captions, he was like, and Ariel saw yet another friend <laughs> like out in the wild. Like, That's so, unbelievable. Yeah, it was really fun to like keep bumping into each other like all around Japan. Golly, that is so cool. <laughs> That is like, 
I, I don't know. That just goes to show you the draw that these places have that we talk about all the time. Yeah. And we fawn over the over the images and is like, I want to go to all these places, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I looked at the images of the Superior Labor Store. And I would be like, if I went there first, I would just have to turn around and go home. Like, yeah, there's so... just no getting out of this. Like for yeah. me, like it's a problem. I it was like good and bad that that was like towards the end of our trip because I was already like so low on money at that point. And my mm. husband was like giving me lectures about like, you know, <laughs> we've spent a lot of money. Like you need to stop spending so much money. And then I walked in and I was like, oh, I'm going to do a custom traveler's notebook. And and I'm going to buy this like limited edition Harris Tweed bag and this and that. And he's just like, you know, like that was another time where I covered up the the screen. Yeah. Oh, and I, I went, was like, please don't when I saw When I saw the bag, I went, <laughs> yeah. ooh. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to buy more. Um and I, I had to stop because um, I think he would have dragged me out of that store. <laughs> like, like I think he would have just, like, <laughs> filed for divorce on the way home or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> so, like, because, yeah, if we would have gone to that store at the beginning of the trip, I would have just been like, well, I can't buy anything else because I spent, like, $1,000 here, you know, because yeah. even though the yen was weak, that store is still quite pricey um, because yeah, it's a sure. lot of leather and um, but I mean, everything is just so beautiful in that store. And yeah. Kurashiki itself, like shout out to that little town. Um, mm. I loved Kurashiki, like and partially just because it wasn't super crowded, like all the other towns that we went to. Um, it was a really it was a really good visit. All right. Well, I, I have one more quote I wrote okay. down uh, <laughs> through your images. We're going to uh, we're going to go over that quote here in just a minute. But we have one more sponsor of this week's episode. And if we haven't spent enough of your money, money <laughs> already talking about all this awesome stuff, let me talk about our good friends over at Pen Chalet. So this episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They have all of your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, and Kaveco. And they're, of course, an authorized dealer of all of these brands. They have very fast and reliable customer service, and they run special discounts twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. They're always adding new styles of pens every single month, as well as the brands that I mentioned earlier, Pen Chalet sells limited edition pens and all the pen accessories you ever need, like pen carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and so much more. They have free shipping on orders over $75 in the United States. And they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to penchalet.com, click on the podcast link at the top of the website, enter the password penaddict for this week's special offer, and get the code you need to save 10% on anything at penchalet. So I brought up the special offers page this week, and they have so much amazing stuff on here. A really huge refresh on this page even. So I recently talked about the ST DuPont uh, Millennium Fountain Pen. Those are on sale here. Uh, on the site and if you scroll down they have the awesome karen dash 849 ballpoint pen which y'all know i love the claim your style three ballpoint pens in moss green scarlet red and tangerine at quite the deal and even pilot custom heritage special edition fountain pens they have for sale they have uh, looks like some of the marbled editions at a really great price so go check out everything over at pen chalet uh, go to uh, penchalet.com and click on the podcast link and enter the password penaddict and you can see all these special offers and get the code you need to save 10% on anything. So thank you 
to Penchalet for your support and sponsoring Relay Film and The Pen Addict. All right, next quote. You ready? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we bought another suitcase. <laughs> 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 so I was wondering in the beginning and I, I actually had a question about your luggage mm -hmm. packing and I was like, I'm going to, now that I've done more research, <laughs> I'm going to move this question to later in the show because this came in about like uh story number 10 out of 11 yeah, or so. We yeah. bought another suitcase. So uh, can, explain to me what happened there. So we kind of already... I feel like this happens every time we go to Japan is we already come with the <laughs> expectation that we're probably going to buy a suitcase while we're over there. Um, and so this time around, we brought we brought a, a big suitcase with us, which we haven't done in the past. Um, so we brought quite like pretty much the biggest sort of like regulation mm -hmm. uh, check bag that you can bring. Uh, like uh, we kind of maxed out those dimensions. And so on the way out there or over there, we packed it full of like gifts for you know, friends that we were going to meet up with and, and, you know, Trader Joe's snacks and stuff from Bucky's and, you know, things like that. Um, things that people had asked for. Um, and because we knew that we would empty it, uh, once we got there. So, uh, the first nine days we were there, um, we, we filled it up. Like <laughs> we, we, it, it was full. Um, and part of it was because, um, my husband was buying Gundam. Um, and mm -hmm. Gundam are large, like the boxes yeah. are, are big. And then his, so like the things I buy aren't very big. I mean, stationary doesn't take up a lot of room. Like you could fill, you you could go overweight on a, on a large suitcase because stationary, the, the thing with stationary is that it's heavy. Um, right. but it, but it's, it's, you know, it's more compact. Um, but my husband's other hobby is that he, uh, does, um, uh, synthesizers and like electronic music and stuff and so some of those synthesizers are big like they're pretty big like the boxes are big and you want to keep them in the box to like protect all the knobs and the buttons and like things like that so he did buy a synthesizer um and so he was talking about like hey maybe we can just buy like a carry-on size suitcase i think we could fit everything into there and then i'll have a carry-on size and and you know to use and it's a little more useful for me like when i'm traveling um mm. and then he went back to the gundam base with cy <laughs> um because cy was like oh yeah because cy loves gundam too and so he's like let's go together and then he bought two more gundam so we had <laughs> like so he had bought two and then I bought one because I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do a Gundam. And then I found out that mm -hmm. the Gundam I bought is like super duper hard, um, <laughs> which I didn't know that there were like difficulty levels. And so then I also, I came home with another Gundam because CUI gave me like a little entry level one. He's like, start here. like <laughs> So you don't break yep. this other one. You anyway. So we came back with like five, six Gundam. Like, and so, <laughs> so we had to buy another, like, decent size suitcase um mostly mostly for, i'm gonna blame the gundam like yeah so it's, that's your, it's the real, totally it's, your husband's it's his fault. fault like i could have yeah. fit all my stuff into the suitcase that we brought and then i also bought some like glassware so that went into my carry-on um but like luckily we had two free check bags each so we didn't have to like pay any like overages or anything like it was kind of like one of those things where it's like okay we're not gonna go over like 
the standard limit. You know, like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. where we'll cut ourselves off. And and we ended up checking three bags. So so I mean, we could have like if we would have stayed another week, we we would have been fine. Like we could have bought another okay. bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. I mean, you have two options, really. It's like you can you can bring this. I mean, you can see you have three options. You can bring the suitcases with you. You can buy suitcases while you're there or you can ship it back. But if you ship it back, then you have to deal with like, you know, the cost of shipping it plus the the uncertainty. And then like it might take a couple weeks to get to you. Like we got to use our stuff right away when we got home. So that's the benefit of like buying a suitcase. Plus, like Japanese luggage is really nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that that sounds like the move is like yeah. yep that's exactly pretty much what I would probably be looking at myself so <laughs> so now we have three suitcases that we bought in Japan <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good so yeah, yeah you're, you're nice. set you're set yeah. um I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about food at least just a little bit because yeah. I love you know all things Japanese food and just the creativity and the ingredients and just the wild uniqueness of it. Uh-huh. Um, at least tell me about melon cream soda because that <laughs> that played a huge role in your Instagram. And uh, what's the story behind there? Do you know why it's so popular? Why is that the thing? Um, so from what Other I've than read, being good, yeah, <laughs> no, it's so I love like Japanese melon soda. Like it, it's something mm-hmm. I had never had before. We went to Japan in in 2016. And I tried it when I was over there just because it was like, oh, that's something different that's on the soda fountain. Let's try it. And then I kind of just like really got hooked on it. And then April is also like super into like she's more into it um, than I am. But like the, uh, but so like it was just like how many green drinks can we drink <laughs> in a day? Like it kind of just became not necessarily like a competition, but sort of like bragging rights. Like, oh, this is my like fourth green drink today, you know, like between like the matcha and the melon soda. Um, but yeah, so I think there was, I think I read something about like, there's like, there was like a popularity of like these like retro style cafes in mm. um, Japan. And like, I mean, you can find melon cream soda in just like so many different places. And um, melon soda is just, it's like, a, like they sell like a melon Fanta. And I'm just like, why can't we get that here in the U S because it's so good. Um, I love it. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> like, it's so hard to get over here. Um, and you yes. can buy like melon soda, like canned melon sodas at like Japanese grocery stores and, um, uh, like H Mart and like things like that. But there, it's not quite the same as like yeah. getting it fresh. Yeah. I did see a lot of your pictures did have them like in like the vintage glassware, yes. like the shape and the style yeah. was very like yeah. throwbacky. It was kind of cool. Yeah. It was really, it was really great. Like I drank as many as I could um, because I knew that um, once I got back here, it would just be sadness. Um, but like, even like yeah. I went to a subway. So like, well, one of our stationary days, um, we were like on our wing to, way to Bungu Box and we stopped at a subway so that someone could get, I don't remember what they were getting. Um, or it wasn't, we stopped at a, at a convenience store for someone to get something. And, and there was, oh, they were getting the Tokyo banana ice cream. Um, anyway. And so there was a subway in the convenience store. And so I like followed them in just to like see what they had. And they had a melon cream soda in the subway and it was like $2. And so I was like, I want that. (laughs) So I (laughs) bought it and I walk out with this melon cream soda and everyone's looking at me like, where did you get that? (laughs) I'm just happily like, it was a huge mess because they like dumped the 
ice cream in and then they put the lid on it. But anyway, it was great. It was, it was mm. fun. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, no, the food in Japan is um, it's it's so good and it's so cheap, like price wise, like like the quality is good, but the price is so cheap and um, there's no tipping in Japan. Mm. Like it's just not a like a thing, period. Like you just mm-hmm. you don't tip. And so like what you what you pay is that's it. And um, so like when we came back to America and like ordered food and then we have to tip and then it's like $60 for like I was like, this would have been like a Wagyu like dinner in Japan right. like for like, like just like, <laughs> like it's just yeah. not like the quality difference is is sad. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, the food like you. You could eat, you can eat really good in Japan for like very little. Yeah. Uh, last quote I wrote down from your <laughs> from your Instagram stories related to food here. It says, I'm not going, I'm not going to pretend to know what I actually ate. <laughs> so, so that's probably a recurring theme <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> so there were a couple meals where we ate with um CY or his wife, Akane, um, because because they were having the wedding. It's so like a lot of restaurants in Japan uh, don't you can't seat like a party of like 15 or 20 like that would be mm-hmm. the whole restaurant. Uh, and so they split up like people who were there for the wedding and wanted to like spend time like you got to kind of pick like, do you want to have dinner with CY or do you want to have dinner with Akane? And so one of the dinners we had with Akane was like this like uh, yakiniku, which is the um like the the barbecue, like in the table, kind of like Korean mm-hmm. barbecue, but Japanese. And gotcha. um, I had no idea, like like we were eating like the entire cow. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was tongue. Um, I tasted intestine. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, <laughs> I I don't I, I don't know what parts of the cow we were eating. Um, and I didn't want to know. Like at some point, you're just like, I'm just gonna eat this. Like half of it was raw. It was all fantastic. Um, we also spent uh the better part of like all of us spent the better part of the trip uh trolling uh drew from goulet because he <laughs> he doesn't like runny eggs and mm-hmm. so a lot of eggs you get in japan are like raw or yeah. or runny and so every time we got like a raw egg or a runny egg we would share it with him <laughs> and he was just like why are you picking on me <laughs> but um but yeah so it, it was a really good time but yeah like uh, so a lot of times i was just like you know what I'm just going to let someone else order or I'm just going to order like this set that other people are ordering and I'm just going to eat it. And yeah. maybe I'm not going to know what it is, um, but it's edible. Like it's not going to kill me. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I don't have any allergies or anything. Um, and it was all good. Like and maybe not the intestine. There was like a weird seasoning on the intestine. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tongue was a little like, like you're kissing somebody but you're actually like uh, eating their tongue <laughs> <ew. laughs> <Yuck. the> texture. <laughs> yeah. but like overall like everything was was very good and um you know i i ate chicken hearts and chicken liver and we had raw chicken um which was interesting i didn't eat very much of that um, yeah yeah that sounds, but, seems like a pass yeah i mean it was it was like lightly seared <laughs> it was mostly yeah. raw, <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, you're in another country, and um, you know, yeah, gotta try new things, and it was exactly. a really good experience. That's part of the whole deal, right? Yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, I have a few kind of uh, 
um, <laughs> kind of quick, quick, uh, quick hitter questions here to wrap okay. things up on based around your favorites. And since okay. we're on the food topic, what was your favorite food you ate there, either meal or dessert or anything? Was there any one standout food that was your favorite from the trip? I think the Yakiniku dinner, like as a okay. whole, was was very, very good. Like that was it was like our most expensive meal. Um, but another standout was this uh, pork katsu place that we went to in Kurashiki, um, which is very popular. And um, we were we got lucky because it was kind of like off season and, and and not a lot of people at the time. And we got a table like pretty quickly, and it was amazing. Like the katsu oh, nice. is it's like a fried uh, pork cutlet, and it's really good. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. All right, so what was your favorite location? And I mean that in like city-wise, neighborhood, like area. What was your favorite like location? I really liked Kurashiki, like the the historical mm-hmm. quarter. And I don't know if it was just because it, there weren't a lot of people there. And so it was, you didn't have to deal with crowds. Um, but other than that, I also really liked um, Ginza. Um, and this is our first time staying in Ginza. And I like just how close we were to everything and how like accessible everything was, even though it is kind of like a fancier, like rich people mm-hmm. area. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. What was your favorite stationary store? I think cute things from Japan. Um, mm-hmm. but just because like the experience that they offered for us, you know, it was very tailored for us. And, and we got to kind of have that like little bit of private shopping experience. And plus like, it just felt really cozy and everything's like very aesthetic and it was very cute. Um, but other than that, also loft just because like you could go crazy in there. And also you try it. They're all good. They're all great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, uh, <laughs> like you can't pick one. They're all amazing. No wrong answer. No like, wrong answer. Thanks for Japan for sure. Is just, it's, it's an experience that you have to, you have to make time for. And it was, gotcha. it was really great. And I I did really enjoy the pictures of the exhibition, like in like the size and yeah. scale of and some of those was, stamps were unbelievable. Yeah, that was that wasn't at Cute Things for Japan. It right, was like right, at right. a different location. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. It was a really yeah. cool experience. All right, biggest question: What was your favorite purchase? Oh man, <laughs> so I don't have I don't have my traveler's notebook yet. Like the one that I had custom made. So, because it hasn't, because their little sewing, like whoever does their sewing wasn't there and they wouldn't be able to finish it before I left Japan. So CY has it right now. Um, And so like, it's hard because it's like, I don't have everything back yet. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, I, I really love the little bag that I bought at the Superior Labor um yep. it's just like so unique and it's just really cute and i took it with me to like um uh, i have a i started a stationary club here in houston and so uh we had like kind of our december meetup like right after i got back and i brought it with and i was like oh i could put all my journaling supplies in here and take it with me to like cafe journaling and it's really cute so anyway i think that's probably like currently my favorite purchase we'll see what happens when the (laughs) notebook comes in (laughs) but i bought so much too so it's really hard because i love the plotter and um i i bought a glass pen um from own uh i which i haven't even posted any pictures of it yet because i haven't just haven't had time but yeah. Well, there is a hall pick in one of the stories um, <laughs> where things are sitting on a on desk, the desk and there's no there's there's no desk visible whatsoever. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> my desk still looks a lot like that right yeah. now. <laughs> and, and there is some there is some verticalness to the uh, to the items on the desk as well. So yeah. Uh, I I think you did, I think you did okay. Yeah, so no. like talking to you like I could like, I could literally talk to you for hours yeah. about this and like I don't know if this like gets me more excited or more scared to go to Japan <laughs> because like I'm like just shaking nodding my head like yep this is exactly how it'd be yep yep this is exactly what I would do yep I'm yep. buying a new suitcase and, yep, and it's... you would probably buy more pens than I did because I only bought the one pen. Uh, the one true, that I pre-bought um, because my focus was a little more stationary this time. And I don't know, because you have a lot of pens. Like, you have more pens than I do. Like, I have a lot mm-hmm. of pens, but you have way more pens than I do. So it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm, I'm curious to see what Brad would buy in yeah, Japan. Like, what cool. are the things that would catch your eye? Because you have a lot of pens. You've seen a lot of these things. You've been to pen shows. Um, you know, like, what you can and can't get. Like, I think you would probably be going more for like the exclusives or the things that are like yeah. really hard um, to get over here. Like I, I kind of wanted to come back with like Toyoka stuff, but I didn't mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> that's another suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> or just like a box, like just, <laughs> just like wrap it in bubble wrap and, you yeah. know, carry it on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I would be curious to see, cause like, there's so there's so much to buy. Like there's just mm-hmm. so much. Like everywhere you go, they're stationary. Almost everywhere you go, they sell washi tape. Like I bought so much washi tape, even though like I have nowhere to put it all. But there's just so much yeah. of it, and it's it's oh, like yeah. you're just collecting them as like little mementos throughout your trip. I have so much paper. Like they give you so much paper good goods while you're over there. Like I have so many just like scraps of paper. That I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this in my journal. And I'm just like, this isn't going to fit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know I would do damage. Ju- I would do damage just in the convenience stores because yeah. of how much stationery they carry there in the convenience yes. stores. And like, I, I can't pass up like a cool gel ink pen or a pencil or things like that. Like, yes. it's, it, would, it would be a mess. It and then you go into loft and there's just like three <laughs> aisles of pens, like, 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 like gel pens and rollerballs yep. and so and and like your eyes glaze over like you're like i can't focus there's just too much <laughs> well you've got me excited about it i i one of these years it's gonna ha- it, like it's definitely gonna happen save your money like save up yep because yep. like you really do like i know that was one of the questions that we didn't really get to but like yeah uh, it's budget. a big trip yeah, like depending on how long you're gonna be there, and and also like because I had a significant other that was also spending money on things too, like mm-hmm. we we blew through our budget very quickly, like like the money, like yeah. the cash that we had saved, like that was gone yeah. very quickly. Um, yeah. Luckily, a lot of places take credit cards now, which <laughs> is pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um but yeah it's um it's very easy to spend your money yeah for sure even with the weekend yeah it's i know now's (laughs) the time to go it is like if you could if you could swing it sooner rather than later like while (laughs) while the yen is like it's historically weak right now like i don't i mean this is the time to go and and then that's why japan was so crowded it was because uh, true. So yeah, I saw a lot of your yeah. pictures. Like a lot of the touristy places, like you went to oh, Universal yeah. and and like Super Nintendo World and yeah. things like that. And the pictures were just like packed. Yeah, and Kyoto because yeah. of the leaves and mm-hmm. like 
the festivals and like things like that. Like it was yep. just, it was so crowded, but it was, it was so beautiful. Um, you yeah. just have to be, I think anytime you're in Japan, you just have to be like, okay with like being smushed up against people in the, mm-hmm. in the train. <laughs> like yeah. You're going to get <laughs> sardined into a train at some point yeah. and you're just going to have to accept that this is your life now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worth is, it's the part of the at the experience. end of the line yeah. <laughs> alright well thank you for sharing your experience yeah. with us um, I'm gonna have a bunch of links in the show notes um, I know uh, what's uh, what's your Instagram or anywhere else you want people to to follow you yeah um, you know Instagram Toasty Treat I'm also Toasty Treat on Twitch um, I've mm-hmm. been slowly going through a more long form, you know, stories of the trip and things. And and I got to work on, I'm working on the travel journal and stuff. We, you know, we do journaling and stationery and we swatched all the inks I bought and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So yeah, I bought one ink. Um, I think I may have shared a picture of it, but it's called my bank account is sick. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tono and Limbs ink. And that's literally the name of the ink. And April and I both bought it. Cause we were like, yep. like this has to come home with us that's amazing (laughs) so yeah that's that's kind of the 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 result of this trip is our bank accounts are very (laughs) sick (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just jealous and uh i love um seeing all the pictures and seeing all your travels and yours and april's and everyone else who was there Uh, i've i follow everyone uh, already got to follow the trip so it was great living through you great uh talking to you about it and i'm sure i will hit you up with many more more questions and i'm sure we'll field some questions uh that i will pass on to you for sure yeah about this trip so thank you so much for doing this yeah thank you for having and, me uh, yeah i'm really really glad we got to got to talk about this because I, I i was excited you you offered this up and i jumped at the opportunity so <laughs> oh yeah we didn't even uh, talk about the karaoke Oh my gosh. Like, like I said, we're going to have to have uh, another podcast, an after dark podcast, a B side, a pen addict friend of the show podcast. There, I think there's a lot more conversation to be had. Yeah. So, like, what happens if you get like nib grinders into a karaoke bar? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, those are the stories I really want to hear. So, yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Until next time, say goodbye, Toasty. Goodbye, Toasty. Ha <laughs> ha